Hello, hello, hello. You're listening to Better Ideas, a weekly podcast from the Better Homes and Gardens TV gang, hosted by me, architect Pete Calhoun. Now, each week, we'll be bringing you the latest tips for creating a better home inside and out. I'll be chatting with experts, enthusiasts, and of course, the Better Homes and Gardens TV gang, right here on Better Ideas. Now, this week, we're talking nature, bringing the outside in. Now, it's part one of all things water. Now, we're kicking it off with renowned architect Renato Diatore, and we also get a very unexpected guest. Introduce entry. Talking about entry and introducing people, Joanna Griggs has just walked in, and Joe, we're talking about water with Renato Di Torre. We're talking to one of the greatest of all time. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh my goodness, I'm, I'm red in the face by the way. So. <laughs> then Jason Hodges from Better Homes and Gardens will be popping by to tell us everything he knows about water features. You're probably going to need a filtration system because right. fish make poo, which is just like composting permanently. This is Better Ideas, let's talk water. Well, I'm a little bit excited. You know why? Because I'm sitting opposite one of the most respected and passionate architects in the country. He's had several homes featured on Better Homes and Gardens, and we rarely get to speak to him. I refer to none other than Renato Diatore, who bases his homes on solid architectural principles, passion, and instinct. Renato, welcome. Your background is Italian, and the Italians are pretty good at designing architecture. They do, and look, love is one of the things we put into everything, right? From a cup of coffee in the morning to designing a house. Love has to be the driving point. If, you're not, if you don't have love in designing, you're not going to succeed in, in putting a, a building that really meets the needs of the clients. Avoid trends, avoid design kind of fads, and keep it true to just the basic principles that last. Take a Sicilian villa. They're old, 500 years old. They've served many families. They're still relevant, solid and beautiful with the inside, outside. They enjoy the kind of spilling out to the outside courtyard, a vine, a tree, a fountain, something that enriches this outdoor living. But, you know, also what's important in houses is to keep technology at a minimum. Avoid, you know, these very complex Home automations that fail. I listen music to my ears. They I get f- confused about these things all the time. And I'm an architect. No, well, you know, I've, I've been in many houses. And just the other day, we visited some houses as a juror for the Mossman Design Awards. And, you know, you go in, the clients don't know how to switch a light on, and nor does the architect. So, you know, <laughs> it, it becomes a problem. And, you know, I've witnessed it too many times. And my advice to clients is keep it minimum, just essential. And that gives you peace for the duration of the house. You refer to sort of indoor-outdoor sort of planning, which is a, a buzzword and has been in Australian design for a long time, but you refer to the Italian designs and the idea that these aren't new ideas and it could be expressed in a very tight domestic situation in Australia with a, with a simple courtyard, a pergola. These, these are beautiful little additions and very simple to achieve. I mean, these are the basic principles that I was referring to earlier where there are principles that have you know, served for centuries that are still relevant. A simple, introverted, quiet, silent courtyard makes a big difference. It brings happiness to a, to a family. It brings a focus. It brings an inside-outside. With Renato D'Antoro, one of the Australia's leading architects, and he's built some incredible homes on Solace and Hamilton Island, which are featured on Bed Homes and Gardens. In fact, if you download the ACAST app, you'll be able to see some pictures of some of Renato's work. Some of these homes, these, these award winners, you actually use a design palette that you don't have to pay for, nature, just run us through some of the forces of nature 
which you try and introduce into a design and how you do it? Well, we've been fortunate to commissions on magnificent sites. They are so inspirational that that becomes the beginning of what you want to actually address and bring that power of that view of the outside world in. That's the challenge. So too much of it could be overbearing. You just get the essence. You want to focus on what is intrinsic in that area and bring that in and make that part of your you know, surrounding structure. You know, they say that air and light is a building material. So the outside is your your, your wall. So it's air, light, sun, sun breeze, breeze, water. And fire. And fire, yes. Well, water, Peter, is a life-giving element and anything that is in that vein needs to be respected. But I need to go back a bit more about water before we talk about water. I feel fortunate that I was born in a very beautiful, pristine forest in the Apennine Mountains of Abruzzo. One of the things that is very memorable, when I used to go in the fields with my mother, you'd have all day to entertain yourself. And in springtime was a magic moment, water spurting from fields Mm. and creating these beautiful, clear water fountains and the sedimentation of the pebbles and the fine grains and then the water meandering down through the st- through the grass and down the hill was something that just occupied me. I kind of think that's what instilled water in my architecture. Even in, during my university years, I introduced water features in my conceptual work, and most tutors failed to understand. They thought it was a kind of a fountain you kind of plugged in, you know, PowerPoint. Mm. But no, they were intrinsically um, integrated to a courtyard to introduce sound. I think you, you're touching on something from, from a young Italian boy growing up in alpine regions, but here in Australia, obviously, we're next to the coast, we're next to a river, a billabong. Water may not be in abundance in a lot of areas, but people absolutely appreciate, and it, it, it's almost a primeval response, isn't it? I mean, because 90% of us are water. Yes, and look, talking about water today is, is a little sensitive because, you know, there's not much around these days. So you can harness water through stormwater tanks, and that can then feed onto fountain and then obviously it's recycled so it is sustainable if it's kind of harnessed from the rain most of the times you know houses can be in urban um, settings so introducing water there can introduce delight water has a cooling effect it has you know it conjures up life-giving force handled very sensitively is a wonderful element to bring delight into a house Water in architecture in Australia can be a very vital element because in certain parts of Sydney, it can be very hot in Sydney. So to reduce radiant heat, if you can put a swimming pool adjacent to a house, that reduces the heat gain. And obviously you get that nice breeze coming over the pool into the house, not only you know, physically, but it could also be psychologically cooling. Having water, and look, water can... You know, I, I like water when the breeze picks up the surface and ripples it. I mean, I could stare at a, a rippling surface like I do a fireplace or a mm. great view. They create such playful moments of reflections and reflect light into a ceiling and you get that double light. You know, you can introduce magic with water. Strategically and carefully positioned mm. can bring wonderful moments inside. You know, those ephemeral moments that if you're there at the right moment, you get that. You know, rippling water can do that to you. We're designing with water, with architect Renato Diotore. Let's build a water feature. What sort of space do we need? How deep does the water need to be? What are some of the practicalities of creating a water feature? But one thing you need to be aware of, water has to be constantly moving to avoid 
you know, algae, um, algae mosquitoes, up. avoid using chemicals to keep it fresh. But once it's filtered and circulates, it's this crystal clear. So they are very easy to do. And if you don't have a recirculation pump to keep it filtered, a fish, wonderful goldfish can, can keep the mosquitoes at bay. There's so many variety of fountains you can do. The simplest, the better. You have to understand that, you know, you can't really create a fountain that's deeper than 30 centimetres for obvious reasons. If we were to summarise the romance with the practicality, I've seen some beautiful features. In fact, you've done it in many of your homes. Is the water pond at the entry. It almost slows you down and calms you as you're entering the front door you're leaving the world behind and all of a sudden a simple body of water psychologically has this calming effect on us well fortunately when you have a new commission you can actually introduce water from the very initial concept and i I think you're referring to one house that you visited that was an ideal opportunity to introduce this introduce entry talking about entry and introducing people joanna griggs has just walked in and joe we're talking about water with renato de torre oh, we're talking to one of the greatest of all time <laughs> just sit down, oh my goodness i'm i'm red in the face by the way so. <laughs> <laughs> nice to see you sorry, renato. No, no, sorry. wonderful discussion about the inspiration of water some of the practicalities well, think of all your beautiful designs where you showcase it to the most extraordinary level yes and i think peter's referring to uh, as we started to the house that you just recently visited so going back to what i was saying if you're fortunate enough to receive a commission and then you can start thinking of water in the very very early conceptional age. So I think the one you're referring to where you walk along the entry was a deliberate slow down. You walk under a, a wonderful arbor. You've got the ocean to the front. What slows you down is this trough of water that starts at the gate and follows you through to the entry door. So it accompanies you. It introduces you. It welcomes you to the house. For those five minutes, I think the world slows down. That's the intention. But also the fish that we were saying. We were watching the fish have their own little journey <laughs> here along the water as well. Hypnotised well, by these little well, that, that's It's so simple. Even a grown-up can stop in their kind of you know fast lifestyle and stop and just observe the fish that's nipping at the water, the sinuous curves. It's a very Japanese thing, you know. Renata, the other thing that really struck us with that entry is you mentioned the arbour. You know, they've planted amazing vines that will one day add another layer to that, which will be almost like you're walking through a rainforest where you'll have the water, you'll be looking towards the ocean, but you'll be surrounded by all the greenery. I mean, we, we thought it looked incredible as it is now, but it's one of those places that I would just give my left arm to go back in about four years' time. Well, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because that's very observant because that's the intention is to really... You have the simple elements in life. You have water, green, and light. And then, obviously, what draws you to that entry is the ocean. When that vine grows up and returns, you have a filtering light of green. It, it's That's what creates magic. Nature can really bring in moments of ecstasy if it's done rightly and that i'm glad you kind of experienced that and imagine it in two years time how it can transform completely i urge you to download the acast app so you can have a look at the pictures of exactly what we're talking about and these beautiful award-winning coastal homes but principles that can be applied in any home as i said nature is an element that doesn't cost you much give it time and it creates wonderful moments and spaces water free if you harness it from you know the rain tanks it can be free simple elements that gives you the most maximum delight and joy and returns you to almost childhood you know playfulness instead of disappearing it in downpipes and bringing it into a rainwater tank when there was no water restrictions you can catch the water put kind of outlets let them fall into bodies of water and you can create 
on the magic space of on a rainy day you could just sit there and see these spurts of water just falling from four meters into a body of water creating those ripples of water that's something to it's just creative ways of harvesting water it's also a water feature without having your motor but without without (laughs) without the kitchen it's it's true it's a you know uh, the the architect of the structure is doing the the waterfall it's the old japanese um chain yes as well as another way yes that's a traditional way of doing it and and that that let the water fall where you want it to but when you don't have a chain the water has this kind of you know sense of gravity pulls it so it gives you this trajectory but then falls beautifully and 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 the sound that it creates too is something that you introduce Mm. into the into the house that resonating sense of water these are all free only that you need to consider them from the beginning don't send them down downpipe send at least one into a body of water and you can create those moments you 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 look for it if you know it's raining you go out and watch it happening that's it that's an element that was in the south Kuji house that no one knows about Mm. Only, only the occupiers know that. Yeah, right. Little subtle. And us now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we are again saturated with some brilliant ideas and inspiration from you. Thank you, my friend. Good. Well, thank you. Oh. <laughs> and hurry up and design some more fabulous homes that we can walk That's through. That was busy. Well, every time we go through one, we're you like, betcha. okay, what's Renata up to next? We're, we're <laughs> Get him on the phone. <laughs> well, those commissions come uh, few and far between. Yeah. So. Um, I guess now that you mention it, we're ready for another one. (laughs) (laughs) Talk about water features. We're going to talk about passion and practicality now with Better Homes and Gardens' Jason Hodges. Jace, you've done a thousand and one water features. What's so special about them? Peter, I've got to start with... Hello, world. <laughs> this is Jason Hodges. <laughs> Where's my golden microphone, mate? <laughs> got a gold tooth. Like a rat with a gold tooth, Jason Hodges. Let's talk water features. I've got that out of my system. Yep. Look, there's lots of practical things you need to take into consideration. First one is safety. Mm. I mean, you don't want to build something that's as deep as a swimming pool and then not put a fence around it. And it could be a free-for-all for kids and, you know, people to fall into and there's liabilities and laws that you need to comply to. So first things first, be practical. Mm-hmm. Less than 30 centimetres, you're sweet and you're within the laws of Australia. You can still have goldfish in that. You can still put plants in that. You can still make lots of noise and lots of movement. But anything deeper than 30 centimetres and you're exposing yourself to being liable for any damage. Good, safe, practical tip to start with. We talked about that water's not not only good to to look at but to listen to. What are some of the practicalities of listening to water when you're designing a water feature? Well, I think the best example that I learned from in my teens before I was even studying landscaping was Darling Harbour. Like surely most people know of Darling Harbour or they've been to Sydney and walked mm. around Darling Harbour. It's a metropolis there. There's roads all over your head, roads all around you, and they have great, big, loud, noisy water features that are to scale to the landscape. And what they do is they block out the traffic noise. They're actually there for the the noise rather than the aesthetics. Ah. And so what it does is it makes the place tranquil. And so at home, you need to create noise which draws your ears and that draws your eyes. And then you might see the movement of the water and the reflection and all those things that you're working for. But if it's silent, you might walk past it and not even notice it. So the noise is a very important part of the viewing of your water feature. But you want to make sure it doesn't sound like filling a bath. You want to make sure that it doesn't sound like there's a tap rushing somewhere and you want to make sure that you can walk past it without having to go to the toilet. So the noise has to be just right. It's got to be a very 
kind of zen noise that actually makes you want to go near it rather than run to the loo. Well, talking about the zen feature, so the noise of water masks the ambient traffic noise. I mean, that's a great tip for, for urban living in, in inner city suburbs. What about some of the plants that go along with water? What type of plants do you try and put into water feature that are going to work? There's usually a section in every nursery. Bunnings have got it. There's aquatic plants that work really well. And they work for a couple of reasons. They put oxygen back into the water that your fish might have taken out. They reduce the amount of algae that's going to be in the water, and that's the curse of having a water feature is the maintenance of it. Mm. You know, if it's in full sun, best thing about sun is everything grows, including all the stuff you don't want to grow. So in your garden beds and in your lawn, it's weeds, and in your water feature, it's algae. And so having plants in there or plants around the edges of it, which shade a lot of the water, keep the temperature of the water down, and that reduces the amount of algae that will grow into the the water feature. So, so you need a certain amount of shade over your water feature. It makes it easier, yes. Right. A combination of sunlight and shade on, on a water feature will limit algae. But say out the front of Parliament House in Canberra, there's massive water features which would have massive uh, pumps and uh, oxygenization. Is, I don't know if I've said that right, <laughs> but putting oxygen back into the water because the less oxygen, the more the algae is going to grow as well. So then you start to spend a fair bit of money and then your maintenance level rises because you might be putting pumps in there as big as something that had run a pool. Right. Well, you touched on pumps. Do, do I need a pump for a water feature? Well, if you've ever been to Asia, places like Bali, Vietnam, Thailand, they usually have water out the front of the house and they bless places with it and they bless they bless their offerings in the morning. None of them have pumps in them. None of them have mozzies in them because they disturb them every day. So if you're a diligent gardener, you can go out and you splash the surface every day and take out, say, 1% of the water and put 1% in, you'll never get mozzies to lay eggs because the water in the surface has been broken every day. But if you don't do that for four or five days, it takes about three days days from egg to larvae to becoming a mozzie so you need to do it constantly so still water introduces mozzies around the property you don't know one wants that mm. having a pump that breaks the surface knocks all that out of the water so just having a simple pump that breaks the surface can can change the uh, the maintenance and the worry about mozzies, which is usually the number one reason why people don't want one if I've got fish right I like to you know watch the fish meander through the pond I'm gonna need a pump aren't I you're probably going to need a filtration system because fish make poo, which is just like composting permanently. So great way to feed the plants that are in your garden, feed, feed the plants that are in your water feature, but there'll be too much of that and then your algae levels will go up again and your fish will get sick swimming around in their own stuff. Mm. So a simple pump with a filter that you might wash out once a month. My biggest tip here is make sure if the pumps and the filters are in your water feature, leave enough length on the leads so that you can pull them out of the pond. So I've had about nine or ten apprentices over the years and they most of the time want to shorten that um, lead because it looks neat and tidy. Yep. You know, so you see less goings on and workings of the pond. What they don't realise is by the time you fill it up with water and everything's painted black, you hardly see it. But make sure you've got a couple of metres of lead. So you, when you're washing it, you're not washing it in your pond. You're washing it in a garden bed or a bucket or something to the side of the water feature. It makes the maintenance so much easier. Look, if I have no experience in installing a water feature or a pond, would I go to a nursery? Where would I start to investigate water features and how big can i get them oh you could get a landscape designer and a landscape oh, you know any <laughs> no i don't know any good ones but but you can turn your whole backyard into one if you wanted to mm. but i think that a nice thing to do is get a, a nice glazed pot 
if it's glazed on the outside, it's waterproof, you know, and you can start with that and it's upright. If you've got small children, you know, get a taller pot so they can't get into it. You can fill the bottom of it with pebbles so that the water mass is still less than 30 centimetres. You can get a couple of goldfish in there, a $30 pump, and you've set yourself up for less than 100 bucks. And it's just a nice thing to see if you are interested in it before mm. you go and change half your backyard. <laughs> Something near the front door with a little bit of movement. It's funny, right? Do you, are you good at remembering people's names? Oh, who are you? Yes. Yeah. No. <laughs> when you meet someone for the first time, you're more worried about how you appear and what you're saying, and you forget to meet the person's name. So Joe Griggs, who's super confident, she meets everyone. She remembers everyone's names, right? Yeah. So the front door is one of the most intimidating places, even if it's your friends coming over because you might not see them for months. Oh, if I put on weight, how's my hair? These are things that don't go through my head, but they go through <laughs> other people. <laughs> But having a little bit of movement and the tranquility of water at the front door. I wish we oh, we have got pictures. You download download the Acast app. You can have a look at Jason Hodges exactly how he's turned up for this interview. Good looking rooster. <laughs> but but water and that, that that noise and a pot plant positioned at your front door can make that a really friendly place rather than a daunting place. Right, you can only get one shot of first impression. Exactly, and it starts at the front door. Now. Goldfish are the way to go for your average Aussie mum and dad with a couple of kids. Everyone dreams about koi. Koi need to be a metre of water. So that means you need to cage over the top of them and pull fence that in. Mm. And they do bigger poos because they're bigger fish. And so you need bigger filters and bigger cleaning and lots more maintenance. So goldfish, they can still grow to about 15, 20 centimetres and next to no maintenance. We've got them in an old horse trough on our property, and I'd be lucky to feed them once a week. They get a little bit of algae off the plants that are planted in there, and they're as happy as Larry, and they've doubled in size in 12 months. And they only need 30 centimetres depth. 30 centimetres, and I've got that running on a little solar pump that I bought online for about 60 bucks. Well, Chase, I think we've covered water. Next week, we're having part two on water. I've got uh, Adam and Ed. (laughs) I've I've got to say water tank. Next week, we're touching on water again. Adam's talking about water tanks. Water weighs. So one litre of water would weigh one kilo. So if you get a slim water 1,000 litre tank, well, that's one tonne. To put that into perspective, what's an average car weight? Then Ed Helmagio, better known as Fast Ed, pops by and tries to pour cold water on the water conversation. Yeah, well, H2O it's, is H2O. It's but it's not. not. It's, oh, it's no. not, though. That's you'd, the I problem. I knew you'd throw a... We'd all love to believe that the stuff that comes out of your tap Mm. is just clear liquid dihydrous oxide. Um, That's the word. (laughs) That's next week right here on Better Ideas. Hey there, it's Tara. Thanks for your call. Sorry I missed you. Just leave a message and I'll call you back. Thanks. I'll leave a message, Taz. We just want to see what you're up to on Easter weekend. You're listening to Better Ideas, a podcast from the Better Homes and Gardens TV gang. Hello. Taz, you're in the car. Hello. (laughs) 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 Nothing's any different with me. I'm always all over the place. You know. On the road, man. Where are you heading? Uh, I'm going to Wallara to pick up a sink, and then I'm going back to Balmain. Right, so your shop is going to be fitted out literally everything but the kitchen sink. No, with a kitchen sink. <laughs> with the kitchen sink as well, yeah. That's what uh, I do. All right, well, listen, while, while you're on the road, are your hands free? Yep, hands free, all good. I'm legal, don't worry. Okay, <laughs> good. Easter special, Friday night, what are you up to? Look, you've got 
got to do an Easter basket, don't you, for an Easter egg hunt? Yeah. You know, you have to do that with the kids. So I'm making Easter baskets, and they're quick and easy, which is really good news to all the mamas out there because, you know, it's the last thing you want to think about the night before. Oh, gosh, I've got to whip up a basket. So (laughs) (laughs) this is easy. So easy peasy Easter baskets, and they're very sweet. So, yeah, that was a really fun story. So we've got that one. And also another unusual one, which we kind of cut out of another story. We sort of ran out of time for it. was making fly screens out of unusual fabrics, like um, lace kind of curtains, which sounds bizarre, but it actually looked amazing. Really pretty. Just a nice lace insect screen for your bedroom oh, so unusual idea. story but lovely really pretty oh cool that's good now um now i reckon having you as a mum at easter time wow could any kid ask for more how many easter bonnets do you reckon you've made in your time tara Oh, look, I've done a few. Luckily now with my son, I don't know, you, you're the same with boys. You know, yeah. boys don't sort of, you know, hanker after that stuff quite as much as the girls. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I have been known to, to whip up a little bit of Easter bunny fun most years, you know. So you have to remember, I've been a mum for 27 years. So, you know, I've done quite a few in my time, <laughs> not to mention what I do on TV as well. <laughs> wow. Easter expert. All right, so that's this Friday night on the show, the Easter special. Hey, listen, if you need a hand with that sink, I'll give you Jason's number, okay? <laughs> he's, a, he's a hindrance, not a hand. <laughs> so that's this Friday night on Better Homes and Gardens, yeah? Yeah, I can't, wait. I can't wait for Easter. I love it. I love the chocolate. I love Easter eggs in the morning. I love breakfast eggs. It's all great. I, I have a lot of fun over Easter. I hope everyone else does too. I hope you get... I hope you get breakfast in bed, (laughs) Bye. See ya. Better Ideas is a 7 West Media podcast. Producer, Loretta Farrell. Executive producer, Nikki Hamilton. And I'm your host, Pete Calhoun. You want a better idea? Here's one. Click subscribe on the Acast app and make us part of your weekly podcast playlist. Join me next week for more Better Ideas.